off and running. It's a new episode of the Rebel Radio Podcast, and uh, this is Mark. This is Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt. What's up, dude? Man, yeah, it's funny. Matt, Matt, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I'm I'm good, man. You know, we're getting we're just seven days away from Christmas. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, man. It's um, yeah, dude. I'm I'm a I'm I'm done with the shopping stuff. Um, in case yeah. I see something, unless I see something, I really like. Oh, I want to get that for him. But no, I think I'm done. Um, and now just the uh, pre- preparation part, and uh, you know, I still get excited about Christmas, man. I, I like it. I mean, I, yeah, as an adult, you don't really get many gifts, but uh, uh, I love watching my kids and their excitement. I mean, you can't see it on camera, but uh, you know, I got Christmas stuff all over the fireplace. I'm a big Christmas guy. I like to decorate for. I know you're more of a Halloween guy, but me, I like gnomes and Santas and snowmen and signs. I got it all over the house, you know. Yeah, man. No, I, I, uh, I put up the tree. I do the stockings. Uh, we may put some stuff here and there. Um, but how are you do your tree? Uh, oh, yeah, like I've uh, had mine up since like the Monday before Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, it, it's definitely like late November. Um, I never did it before it, Thanksgiving until about three, four years ago. Now it's become a thing where I'll usually have it up at least the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Well, the kids love it, you know, the, yeah. the kids love seeing it up. They get all excited. Um, I know whenever I do, you know, we did ours this year every day. Uh, you know, our my six year old is like, oh, is it Christmas yet? Is it Christmas yet? And like, no, yeah. it's not. Yeah, that's so, right. Like, how many more days? Yeah. How many more days? Yeah, exactly. They're they get all excited and stuff. And uh, yeah. but that's that's what, what it's for. You know, that's that's definitely the uh, the spirit of Christmas. It's the it's the kiddos, man. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. And uh, next week we'll do our uh, end of the year slash Christmas Batman episode, and we'll talk a little bit more about the end of the show. And uh, you know, I have a c- couple ideas for uh, maybe some Christmas uh, celebrating talk next week. Like maybe maybe look back on some of our favorite things we ever got for Christmas. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I think it'll be fun. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good too, man. I'm a little, my feet hurt a little bit. I got uh, stuck in a mall yesterday that wasn't really planning on being in. And um, I did almost as many steps in a mall as I do just at work in a day. I'm like, oh, I wonder my feet hurt. <laughs> so I did try to keep up with kids. All this walking. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this sucks. And and as I get older, man, like I, um, I don't like people, man, you know, like crowds of people. Yeah. You know, I'm just not, a, I didn't used to not care, but now I'm like, do I really want to be around like these smelly people? And you know, it's like, <laughs> You walk by, you get that body funk, or somebody ripped a fart, and you're like, "What the? Yeah, fuck? man. Did I just walk through? You know, yeah, dude. Like, uh, Fucking nasty ass. It was, people. it was fine. Yeah, basically. Um, but you know, it's all good. But yeah, man. Um, but man, I um had a had a chill week, relaxed. Uh, I mean, I've watched a um, lot of stuff this week, which is rare, man. I've just kind of been in a TV mode, and uh, I um definitely have gone down the. You know, I've always been a fan of Godzilla. You know, and yeah, uh, but man, this. After C minus one, I've uh, man, I've gone down the rabbit hole pretty hardcore, man. I, uh, you know, I've seen a few of the movies over the years. I've got some of my digital account. You know, I've watched a, a few, but like I, uh, man, this week I started. I've seen the original, but it's been some years since I've seen this. I started with the 1954 original and rewatched it, and uh, I didn't realize how much minus one pays homage to it. I mean, from the reporters to a train scene in it. Um, to several other little things that are homages to the original that he, he paid tribute to. And, uh, and the original is really good. I think minus one is still my favorite, but I can see why the original is considered a classic and a lot of people's favorites. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, it's it's a well well done monster movie for its time. I mean, 1954. It's gonna be 70 years next year. You know, we're toying with the idea of a uh, April our theme month either being a Godzilla month or maybe a Godzilla and Monsters month. Maybe do some monster movies. I'm thinking, you know, um, might be a cool idea. Uh, definitely would be a Godzilla film in there, but uh, oh, maybe some for sure. other monsters too. And uh, definitely you know, I, one or two for sure. Oh yeah. Then I moved on and I watched Godzilla Raids again, which is the sequel. Um, and it's it's a direct sequel. There's continuity to it. They explain why Godzilla comes back, and then the, they have to find a way to defeat him again. And this is old school Godzilla, where he's the villain. You know, he's a bad guy. And uh, mm-hmm. and then um, a lot of people don't know the series from there moves on to uh, Godzilla vs Kong, which I did not watch because I've seen it before. And then the uh, then Mothra vs Godzilla, which we covered on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's when the show, like the Godzilla and Godzilla raids again, are very serious. You know, they're post nuclear war movies. They're they're taking. Um, yeah, kind of doom and gritty, and then, yeah. then with Mothra vs. Godzilla, which we covered on the podcast, that's when it starts getting a little silly with the fairies and Mothra is like this island god. And, and then it gets even more silly. The next movie is Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. And there's this lady that's possessed by something that says she's from Venus. And Ghidorah, or Ghidorah I guess it's pronounced Ghidorah, uh, is how they say it in the movie. Not Ghidorah. Yeah. I always thought it was Ghidorah. But it's like Ghidorah. I thought it was Ghidorah, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, because he in the uh, well in Ken Watanabe in King of the Monsters says Ghidorah. He doesn't say Ghidorah, but in the old Japanese yeah. movies they say Ghidorah. Um, so you know it and it gets silly and like Ghidorah comes and they have to convince Godzilla, Rodan, and Mothra to team up to kill him. And there's this silly thing where Godzilla and Moth and and Rodan are like, "Oh no, forget the humans, man. They're mean to us." They <laughs> so it's like, what? This is goofy, right? <laughs> And um, it's just kind of that's when the series started getting a little silly, but it's still yeah. Cool. And it ends up cool with stuff. Godzilla winking and, yeah. and doing like you know funny, funny little emotes and stuff. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just bizarre. And I moved on to the next one, but I haven't finished yet. Uh, Adora, the space monster, or whatever, which is also known as Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, which is even weirder. Where all of a sudden humans have this ability to fly through space, not just the spatial, like, and then wow. we're we're going to visit Planet X. And there's these aliens on Planet X where, I guess, when Ghidorah left Earth, he went to Planet X. So he's destroying Planet X. And they want, <laughs> hey, can you can you bring Godzilla Rodan to Planet X to help us? And the humans are like, that's kind of a bad idea because Godzilla and Rodan don't like us. And yeah. It's just even even more. But you know, it's the '60s, man. The drugs were good. You yeah, know? yeah, they uh, were apparently. And uh, <laughs> but man, I'm enjoying going down there. Oh, and I did watch I did watch a more modern one because I had it on my Voodoo account and I had told Long on the show last week i thought i had watched it but i guess i had it and that's godzilla mothra um all out monsters attack which is a 2002 ish and it's really yeah. good that one i really like a lot um it, it's uh really good monster scenes a good action in it and that one i really enjoyed um so man i'm going down this rabbit hole of godzilla and just uh enjoying it man i think i'm not gonna slow down anytime soon i, I you know i've only got you know, about 28 more movies to go, you know, or so. But, yeah, you know, I've only I'll, got I'll 28 more to go. <laughs> and most of them are available on Max or uh, or Pluto and 2B, 2B TV. So a lot of them are pretty easy to find streaming. Um, it's interesting to find out too, like, you know, a lot back then, Americans weren't sure. Americans had heard about the success of these films. And they had, they had theatrical releases in the U.S., but they weren't super successful. So Americans decided to join with Toho and Toho allowed it. And they would film they filmed a bunch of scenes with an American actor and they spliced mm-hmm. him in the original Godzilla and they called it Godzilla King of the Monsters. And that's what they called Americanized versions of the films. And there's, I think three or four of the Godzilla films have been done that way. 
Um, I think that's really bizarre. To, they, Weird. they, and, and most hardcore Godzilla fans ignore them. They, they say, you know, they exist, but we're not going to, you know, recognize them as part of canon or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Um. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing they did back then. Um. But uh, it, it's fun, man. Um. I even uh texted long even went on youtube and uh, watched some of the hanna-barbera godzilla cartoon from the late 70s which is uh mm -hmm. it's terrible but it's also like godzilla just pops up out of the water and saves the day and he's like a good guy they're all like oh thanks godzilla and he disappears again <laughs> it's <laughs> no it's really problem silly. yeah <laughs> um you know but they were you know that's just the, the 70s in that time um but you know man minus one just was such an incredible movie is it no, there's been some good movies this year, you know, for Mission, and we'll talk about our favorite movies next year or next week. But uh, Mission Impossible and, and Spider Man, and Guardians of the Galaxy, and, and Indiana Jones back on the big screen. But uh, but minus one was the the kind of movie experience that uh, re re energizes your your love for cinema, um, yeah. and I think that's how I felt about it. And uh, along with that, speaking of a classic character like Godzilla, has been around seventy years. I finally made it to the theater to see my all-time favorite director's return to America with John Woo's Silent Night. And um, now I didn't tear up like a pussy like you, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I, it, man, it surely was a much more emotional movie than I expected. Um, and what brilliant idea, man, to like, I was wondering how this was going to work, you know, a basically silent film, you know, yeah. using radio reports and things to tell the story. Um, but Joel Kinnaman does an amazing job pulling off the emotion of it. Yes. Um, it wasn't as hardcore woo as I thought it would be. There's definitely some woo slow motion and some woo scenes, but he toned it down a little bit for his budget. And we talked about that in an interview. Um, it still feels like a John Woo film for sure. Yeah. Um, as, as far as his American films go, yeah, I this man, it might be it's not as good as Face Off, but it might be my second favorite of his American films. It might have passed up Broken Arrow for me. I mean, I really oh, yeah. kind of like this a lot. Um, I would have tightened it up a little bit. I think an hour and 45 minutes was a little long. I might've maybe taken out some of the training montage and just made it. If it's going to be a silent film, just tighten it up. Cause there was a part in the middle. It dragged a little bit. I don't know if you agree with me on that. Um, you know, and that's might've been my only beef was, was just made it a little bit tighter. Yeah. Um, but, but like you said, everything else, the emotion that they were able to put into Joel's character, um, even with him not being able to speak, yeah. um, and you know his lack of communication in it with his wife and the way they wrap it up at the end mm -hmm. i was just like wow you know that's yeah. uh that's you know it was really really creative yeah um, it was and uh yeah well done it, it was um, cool and it sucks it kind of came out at a rough time with it just didn't make a lot of money but it was never intended to make a lot of money yeah you know but hopefully people find this later on they see it and um you know why <laughs> And, uh, you know, and because it, it was if you're a John Woo or an action movie fan, it's definitely worth seeing, um, you know, had some cool, cool moments in it. Um, you know, I I, uh, I hope Woo, can, you know, comes back to America, and makes more films after this because, uh, you know, he is getting up there in age. I think he's 75, 76. I don't know how much more he'll do, but he eats. He says he's not playing retiring. He's enjoys making films and he wants to. You know, he's he says, What would I do if I we talk about what would I do if I sat around? You know, because I yeah. want to make movies, that's what I was born to do, you know. Exactly. Um, I'm glad he feels that way. We we yeah. definitely enjoy that sentiment. <laughs> yeah, and I, I took my son, my oldest Michael, to see, and he'd never seen a John Woo film before. I've been trying to get him to watch Hardball and stuff, and and uh he he enjoyed it too. And he kind of wants I think he wants to go down that, that hole now and watch some Woo films with me. And um, you know, because I told him that's my favorite director, and I, it was cool seeing him on the big screen again. And, um, you know, so it was a fun watch. And, uh, 
I uh, I liked a lot. Other than that, I can't remember last week if I mentioned I did finish the first season of One Piece last, or maybe I finished it this week. I think you were close first season to finishing it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, man, I can see why kids like this show. It's extremely entertaining. Uh, it's well done. I'm I've been stuck. a lot of storylines too. Yeah, yeah, I've been watching some of the anime too now, and uh, I'm really liking it. I'm digging it, and it's cool. And um, but yeah, man, that's kind of the stuff I watched this week, man. Quite a bit of Godzilla and went to the theater and saw Silent Night. Oh, I did watch this day. I watched last night with the little ones, uh, Good Burger too. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's so stupid but funny. It's like the first one was stupid. This one's even stupider, but yet it's entertaining. It's like don't expect anything great. It's a bad, bad movie, but it's a bad entertaining movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, but we watched it last night. That was pretty funny. <laughs> nice. Good burger. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I did not have as eventful of, of a week uh, as you did. Um, the uh, the wife has been uh, rewatching Vampire Diaries. And, uh, you know, Stefan and the actors for uh, Stefan and Damon were at Comic Palooza uh, this year. Um, and uh, the girl that plays Elena is going to be in a in a comedy um, that's going to be released soon where uh, Pierce Brosman and his uh, wife play her parents and her fiance is this bank manager and they like rob banks. It's like a comedy. Um, so, uh, you know, she's kind of staying relevant. I don't know what the others have done as of late, uh, really, but, um, yeah, it's a CW show and it's kind of what you, you expect with a CW show about vampires. It's not going to be, uh, you know, as bloody as, uh, man, there was a, there was a vampire show on HBO for a while. I forget what it was called, but it was True Blood. Uh, True Blood was apparently yeah. like the one considered one of the goats of all vampire shows. I think Vampire Diaries is the uh, more effeminate version of that. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been kind of watching that. Um, but I did see that a new movie made it onto Peacock, as you know, some of these you know movies that don't do as well as they probably should have kind of make it on there. And uh, that's Exorcist Believer. Um, and I really didn't have like a, nope, nope, nope. a want to watch it. Um, you know, the, the demonic possession uh, genre is is not my cup of tea. Um, you know, I Exorcist is iconic. Um, you know, obviously the 1979, I think 79, 78 with Max Fonsetto uh, is, uh, you know, obviously iconic. And, and the, the girl who was possessed uh comes back and has a has a part in this movie um but she's you know it's uh ah, it's just kind of it's it's cool what they were trying to do they were trying to uh make an epic and uh you know make a legacy sequel and well, they made one but it wasn't uh you know the result that they wanted um but uh you know it's free and uh, if you just want something to to check out and you're kind of into the exorcist franchise uh you can definitely uh check out exorcist believer on on peacock um i, th- I think you have to have the premium subscription I'm not sure uh, don't think so but yeah uh, essentially uh there's you know instead of just one um religious you know force in the movie trying to do good there's multiple uh ways of spirituality that are trying to uh reconcile the possession of of the two girls as seen in the trailer but uh it's uh 
it's de definitely down there on the totem pole as far as the demonic possession films. I, I think, uh, you know, I think they've, the best has, has been here. Um, and I'm not sure if, uh, if they're going to be able to outdo themselves, um, you know, with the, just making a legacy sequel. Uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, really it hasn't really been much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, they don't freak me out. I'm just like, I don't know. I think the best has been done we've seen the best and everything else is just, uh, you know, it's like, a, I don't know. It's like you, you've taken a bite of the candy bar and it, and it's great, you know? Okay, cool. You know? And then you take another bite and then that candy bar just starts losing its excitement, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's been done, you know? And it's just hard to, to rewrite and revamp, uh, you know, an old dog, you know? Right. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I was on Peacock the other day and I saw it was on there and I was like, no, 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 I'm good. Yeah, uh, those I'm kind good. of movies, man. Oh, yeah, there was a couple of previews in front of Silent Night. Like, what was the one with the teddy bear imaginary that comes alive? I'm like, no. Yeah. No. Jackie wants to see that. And I was like, it looks, it definitely looks freaky. Um, you know, but it's you know, it's animal. Well, I you also know. feel like Blumhouse is becoming that studio that started out with a few like uh really yeah. unique um ideas and films, and now it's like they're slapping their name on everything and saying, Oh, by Blumhouse and trying to get people to go see it. And it's like Yeah, they're trying know. to they're Stephen Kinging it, you know. Eventually it's gonna be like that uh episode of Family Guy where they make fun of how many you know, the ideas that are becoming, you know, very, very thin. And Stephen King goes, for my next book, uh, a lamp monster. And he grabs a lamp off the desk and he's like, ah, ah. <laughs> right. It's like, what, what, you know, don't just, don't just uh, rob Schneider it and take everything. And, you know, that's presented in front of you, you know, yeah. and, and slap your name on it. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, because like, or yeah, Nick Five Cage Nights it. at Freddy's. I know it's Blumhouse, and I know the kids liked it, but it really isn't very good, you know. Yeah, and, like, but, and I read all that my sequel to it. My four-year-old or three-year-old, almost four-year-old, he keeps uh he keeps wanting to watch it. Freddy, <laughs> Freddy on. Yeah, and I mean, I'm like, that's probably a little creepy for him. Yeah, and I thought he meant uh Freddy Krueger. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, Fred. He's like, bear. And I'm like, oh, Fre Freddy. You know, yeah. um, my the the coolest part of that movie is whenever they play uh, "Talking in Your Sleep" up there on the stage. And I'm like, mm, yeah, mm, put the bass on. And on that note, let's move <laughs> into uh, today's feature film, and uh, which is or uh, this this month in pop culture history. You want to do that now since there's no news? Yeah, we're skipping news today. Yeah, we're skipping news. Let's do let's do yeah, it, baby. Let's, yeah, let's do that. Let's do things a little different today. Let's do this month in pop culture history. So, what I've got for you today, 2015, Star Wars, Force Awakens, directed by J.J. Abrams, starring Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and Harrison Ford, has its world premiere in, uh, in Los Angeles. And, uh, man, Star Wars was back. Oh, yeah. Man, I will never forget that day. I had tickets to it uh, that Saturday showing, and this guy in a wheelchair comes out and wants to start telling me about the movie. And I'm like, dude, dude, I, I'm trying not to be rude because he's in a wheelchair. I'm like, hey, can you stop? He goes, oh, I just wanted you to, you know, 
not have your expectations. Like, dude, stop. Yeah. And like I had to kind of like, he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, I would like to go see the movie. You know, it's like, that was my first huh. awakens experience. I'm like, shut up, man. It's like, yeah. I was like, what, yeah. what the heck? You, yeah. You, you're, you're walking into the theater and the dude's like, Oh yeah. Don't, don't, don't be, uh, don't be surprised. But uh Harrison Ford dies. You're like, what the, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and Luke, uh, no one can find him. It's like, dude, stop talking. <laughs> uh, but man, that's uh, that's crazy. Whenever you walk in and, and people are just like talking about the movie that you're but, I mean, like it, trying to be surprised by. It's the number one movie of all time domestically, you know, uh, mm -hmm. 900 something million, which is yeah, insane. Dude. Almost a billion dollars just domestically, you know, and people thought Endgame was going to catch it, but it didn't. Endgame is number one worldwide, but yeah not domestically and that just shows yeah, you the power of star wars and people were hungry for it back in the 2015 yes. when it came back it's because it was full of the dark side of the force <laughs> makes you strong and i enjoyed the force awakening man i i don't knock the sequels people do hardcore it's just they are what they are man you know, just because it subverts your expectations of what you expected the sequel trilogy to be doesn't make them bad. And people get inside their head immediately. Like, well, it's not what I wanted. Okay. So you th that keeps you from enjoying it? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, I, I hate to bring this up. And I know I'm going down a hole here. Like, Torchy's tacos. Well, they're not like Mexican tacos. But can they still be enjoyable? Can still be enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> you know, it's just like. Yeah. <laughs> Not on the way are out. Like, what do they talk about towards you tacos? This is a topic sometimes <laughs> in our text messages, people. <laughs> yes, this is definitely a, a recurring theme, uh, whether it be tacos oh, yeah. or burgers or hot dogs. If the taco's good, the taco's good. Just like if a movie's good, the movie's good. It doesn't just because yeah. not what you expected. Exactly, man. And sometimes uh, the proof is is in the pudding, you know, like you said, number one domestically, um made a, a ton of money. Um was it, you know, everything that we wanted it to be? No, but man, it, it definitely introduced a, uh, you know, a, an entertaining world, I think. I think, uh, you know, it introduced uh, the mystery of the Knights of Ren. It inter introduced a, a new, you know, force-sensitive, force-wielding protagonist. Um, and, it, and it, you know, had all of our, you know, had of our, all of our old heroes uh, in the film, you know. So, you know, remember that part, too, you know, so... Not just the, mm -hmm. hey, it didn't, wasn't, you know, my cup of tea. Hey, I had some good shit in there. That's it. Um, next, hey, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's Houston sports is going on today. You know, Texans are playing. So Houston Astrodome, 1965, the first concert event at the Houston Astrodome. Judy Garland headlines with the Supreme as the Supremes as the opening act. Eighth Wonder of the World was here in Houston, man. So. I just thought, figured I'd, I'd mention it. Uh, you know, people, you know, realize Houston was always not, a, not really a football state, you know, uh, as far as like professionally, the Astros had like the, the number one, uh, like all the innovations. It's like putting lights up. So the Colt 45s could play at night, um, you know, building a, uh, an Astrodome, you know, a, a, you know, sealed dome with Astro turf and, uh, you know, doing all that for a baseball team. You know, and then, uh, of course, uh, you know, using it for other things like this. So uh, definitely a, a Houston icon and and, a, and an icon, uh, respectively, um, through other means.
but uh yeah uh so 1971 following that diamonds are forever seventh james bond film the last one of course starring sean connery also starring jill st john's first release in west germany of course he would film a non you know non-canon james bond film in never say never again uh, because he said he'd never played james bond and what did he do he plays james bond and never say never again um but yeah 1971 man it's been a been a minute since this film hmm. was that the one that was remade no 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 that's thunderball thunderball okay. was remade as never say never again yeah well yeah yeah but uh his last yeah Dar diamonds are forever was his last uh official james bond appearance uh star trek pilot 1964 filming's complete for the star trek pilot uh called the cage of course we all know it starred leonard nimoy uh and uh yeah and and company uh so 1964 coming up on yeah, but it aired what in 65 the original yeah the original aired in 65 yeah, 65. yeah uh, the pilot was filmed it was aired a few months later mm-hmm yeah, and um, man, the rest, that's easily the rest is history from there. The greatest mm -hmm. franchise has ever made. Uh, 1966, How the Grinch Stole Christmas aired. The uh, old school one with Borlas Karloff and uh, June Foray, uh, and with songs by Albert Haig, you know, that deep baritone voice. Um, so that premiered 1966. Um, 1946, uh, A Christmas Carol. Uh, a Christmas Carol, uh, a Christmas classic. It's a Wonderful Life, uh, directed by Frank Frank Capra, starring, of course, the great James Stewart, uh, Donna Reed, and Lionel Barrymore. Premieres in New York, and uh, you know, it's just uh, it's one of those movies that really captures um, the Christmas spirit. Um, you know, realizing uh, you know the miracles that are around you and the gifts that are around you, and uh, yeah. You know, sometimes it's hard to see uh, what you've got going on uh, around you and everything you've been blessed with until it's taken away and you have this big realization as as he's had and, uh, you know, comes back full circle and he wants his life back because he realizes what he's got. So cool story. Um, moving forward to uh, uh, what? Yeah, this is like 40, uh, 30 years later. Uh, Scream. I took a curveball there. 1996 horror film classic Scream starring Neve Campbell and Courtney Cox is released. Didn't realize this was actually a December released film. Uh, you know, I wonder if, uh, you know, some people would say, hey, it's released in December. Maybe it's not a, a, a Halloween film. It's a Christmas film. <laughs> but uh, no, not really. Just kidding. Um, so, yeah, that, that movie starring Courtney Cox, Neve Campbell, uh, and, and of course, uh, Matthew Lillard, uh, Steve Ulrich, um, and uh, Rose McGowan. That's right, Rose McGowan, Henry Winkler, Wes Craven made a cameo as Freddy, which is pretty funny. But covered that film uh, a few months ago, and it's still iconic today. I uh, wonder what's going to happen with uh, Scream 7. We'll see. Uh, 1937, going way, way back. Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs uh, was fir first full-length animated feature film, and the earliest in Walt Disney animated classic series premieres in Carthaway Circle Theater, Los Angeles. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a long time, but this is 
the first Disney film. Crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, we mentioned Exorcist movies before uh, and the original. Um, I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was 69 whenever it was released or the 70, but it was actually 1973. Um, so uh, in uh, 1973, uh, the Exorcist uh horror film based on the book and screenplay by uh, William Blatty starring uh, Linda Blair uh, and uh, Max von Sydow first horror film to be nominated nominated for best picture and it was rated X so <laughs> that's to wrap up you know kind of what I was uh, what I watched this week with uh, Exorcist coincidentally this was also released uh, friggin 50 years ago yeah it's weird though it's weird that movie came out at Christmas time too in December it's like, this like, was it Freddy Krueger came out like in November? It's just odd how they released yeah. those back then. Yeah. Yeah. And some of these, it's like they come out in like January or July. It's like horror movies. They sprinkle them out all through the year. It's crazy. Right. But it seems like I remember a time where like they all came out in October, but you know. Yeah. That would be the, that'd be definitely the month for it. Yeah. Or even spread them out over September and October, you know? Yeah. Unless you're Thanksgiving and you have a horror movie in Thanksgiving time. <laughs> right. Actually, I heard that's actually pretty good. Yeah, I heard it's uh um I heard it's uh it's actually well reviewed. I thought it was yeah. and it's getting a sequel. But I guess you know that doesn't say much because there's some bad movies that have gotten sequels like uh this Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. All right. Anything else on pop culture? Is that it? For no, me? no, that's uh, that's it. Yeah, All that's right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, cool, cool. Yeah, December's a little bit sometimes a bit slower month of the year, other than some holiday movies and yeah. Uh, but this, but the movie we're doing today, all three of these films came out over the Christmas season throughout the uh, starting back in a uh, nine two thousand and two thousand one or two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three. Yep. And um, that was the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And uh, we started this journey a couple of years ago with the Lord of the Rings and we're finishing up today. And we, we started with, of course, with the Fellowship of the Ring. And then last year, the Two Towers. And this year, uh, for the 20th anniversary of The Return of the King, we're going to finish up this trilogy of movies. Uh, a lot of people are consider this one of the greatest trilogies of all time. And well, and to consider yeah. it a great one of the greatest trilogies of all time, absolutely. Um, some people think it's the best trilogy of all time. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. Certainly was the most nominated trilogy of all time, and I oh, think yes. the most yeah. most total awards of all time. And this movie took home all the Oscars. You know, this Re Return of the King, which uh, you know, I said at the end of last week's podcast, I was like, yeah, I don't know if it's my favorite. You know, I felt like Two Towers might should have won Best Picture. Yes, um, but I can see why this one won. I mean, shoot, you could argue all three of them could have been Best Picture winners. I mean, they're oh, all oh yeah, uh, three remarkably good films. I think the only thing I have with Lord of the Rings, watching them twenty years later, is. Uh, some of the CGI is, um, you know, because these movies were shot for a remarkably low budget, uh, average of about $200 million each, um, which is incredible when you think how all the special effects in these films. Um, but but now, 20 years later, sometimes the, especially watching them in 4K, sometimes the effects are like, uh, that looks a little bit rough, but, you know. Yeah, but, it's it's a double-edged sword, you know. Yeah, but overall, can, yeah. The, the superiority of these films and the way they hold up are still remarkable. You know, it's, it's a, a, a major cinematic achievement to have brought the Lord of the Rings to the screen. And uh, so today we are talking the Lord of the Rings, the return of the King, the final installment in that trilogy. And um, so, man, this movie, uh, 
is um, it's it's strange to me because you had six hours of setup between the first two films, and I think in my one beef for Return of the King, everyone knows what's happened at this point. They're all meeting up in the White City for the final battle against Saruman, Sauron and his armies, mm-hmm. and everyone's coming together. They're not sure if they're going to survive. They don't know if they have enough help, and they leave it up to Aragorn to call upon the uh, the dead to help them fight this battle because they don't know what else they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, we also have Frodo and Sam trying to make it to uh, Mordor and throw the ring into the into the volcano to destroy it and save everyone. And we and and we don't know if Sam and Frodo are going to make it due to Gollum leading them the way that he doesn't. They don't need to go. Yeah. So this movie has a lot going on, but but there's also a ton of rewatching this, especially the four hour version. There's a ton of setup in the first two hours of this movie, and I think that's what bothers me. It's like, didn't we just have six hours of setup? In the other two films, you and really all of a did. sudden we have a lot of setup in this film, and I, and this is probably the one I'm the least familiar with. Is Return of the King? I hadn't watched it as many times as the other ones, and rewatched this yeah. week, I just never realized that wow, there's a lot of setup in the first two hours of this film, which I felt like we had already gotten past that. Well, and and the reason there is is because it got cut from Two Towers, so oh, okay. the the ending it ends where the book or it starts where um two towers is supposed to end but you know the movie's already three hours and this caused a big rift between christopher lee and peter jackson because that scene at the top of uh isengard was supposed to be the ending for two towers uh and instead uh it's cut and yeah uh he is he is not too happy about it uh you know he's uh he's not supposed to die there also uh, but you know, he does, you know, fall into the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's, that would have been a nice calm wrap up to the first movie. Instead, you get a calm setup into the, into the last film. And then the eye, uh, that, you know, seeing eye that they, uh, encounter is actually, uh, was, was used in two towers, uh, by Aragorn. Um, and he already had the, in the book, he already had the, uh, uh, Nar- the Narsil, and he already taunted Sauron with it. Um, so that that part would have been removed too. Uh, what we should have had is start with the battle in the White City, because at this point uh, in in the book, Gandalf and Pippin are already there, and it ends in a way in Two Towers to where you think Pippin died, mm-hmm. um, but you know it's it would have started off with Gandalf saving him, uh, and uh, you know fighting off the people uh, attacking him. Um, so it's like you would have started, boom, right there in a in a friggin' battle, which would have been badass. Right. But yeah. And then I also noticed, maybe there's a line of dialogue I missed, but like Treebeard and the Ents, is there a reason they didn't go to the White City with them? They they should have, but I guess they, uh, they were cleaning up Isengard or... Maybe so. I don't know. Maybe I missed something there. But yeah, at, in Return of the King, everyone's there. I mean, there's this big farewell party at the end where they say farewell to everybody. Uh, and it, even, you know, uh, Treebeard and the Ents. Um, so to your point, yeah, they, they really should have been there. Okay, yeah, I was wondering. Um, yeah, but overall, man, this movie uh, is... It's... <laughs> There's a lot going on in it. It's a remarkable achievement of what happens in the film. It's re- it, 
at this point, I don't know how they film these, if they filmed in order. It feels like this is the best acted of the three. Um, like especially Vigo Mortensen, he's really great in this. Oh, that speech before they yeah. rush to their possible death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um the extended version definitely has th this is the most change of the three. It's there's a lot of recuts in this where, where Jackson didn't like the angles of scenes and things like that. He recut yeah. stuff, he recut dialogues. Um Yes, there's like 35, 40 minutes of added footage, but there's tons of re-edits in this movie he did. Um, there are a lot of, thing, of things changed. Uh, there's some cool stuff with the mouth of Saruman in this that you, or that we did not get in the uh, theatrical version. Yes. Which is uh, creepy yeah. with his really bad teeth. <laughs> um, yeah. And the way they, he, and his they went a different accent. route. Yeah. In the book, he's got flames coming out of his mouth and his eyes. And oh, this time... Cool. Uh, He's got, uh, yeah, that would have been cool, but I, I don't know. Maybe they were just like, you know, maybe it was CGI fatigue, or maybe they maybe just they didn't have it in the, the budget. Didn't look right. Yeah. Yeah. And so they went with that creepy mouth, and it's it's just like, ugh, I never brushed his teeth ever, you know, mm -hmm. in his whole life. Yeah. Uh, and in the book, he keeps his head. In the movie, he doesn't, which I think is way cooler because it makes Aragorn <laughs> a complete fucking badass at that moment. Oh yeah, he's like, screw you, dude. He's like, yeah. I don't fucking believe you, motherfucker. Die, you know? <laughs> and then he's like, I'm yeah. just going to give this badass speech and uh, make all these dudes dick hards, you know, with my voice before we charge your ass, you know? Yeah. Stab you in the butt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, and I do know, like, all the stuff with uh, Shalob, the spider is all, that's supposed to have been in the two towers and they put it all in this. Yeah, and um, you don't know, you know if Frodo is even alive, but it's yeah. kind of hard to make that happen on screen when you're watching everything, you know. So right. you know Frodo's alive. Yeah, or in the book, I think they leave, they left it open. Um, yeah. And then uh, uh, a lot's been said about the multiple endings of this film. Um, of course, Clark's said it best for Randall's. Like, man, I thought those hobbits were going to just start having a whole brick fest at the end. Of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I have kids in the room, so I'm trying not to say it the, the actual way, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, this I do feel that this the ending feels like it's never going to end. Movie ends about five times. Um, but but I understand after you but if you view it from a point you've just been through an almost 10 to 11 hour journey, these three films, you can see why you can't just end it. You know, you have to give them closure to their journey on the film. And um and so from what I understand, when the elves are leaving, are they going to die? Uh, they're going to the Undying Lands. So it's left so, open to interpretation. Yeah. And, and Frodo, and, of course, goes with them. Yeah, because uh, whenever they get back now in the book, not only are they facing this, uh, you know, difficult obstacle of trying to reintegrate into their old society, um, they they find that their city has been occupied by a, by a force that's kind of enacted martial law. And uh, they rally up all the hobbits and they push back and and they defeat him they turns out that uh sauron you know he was left alive from the tower him and and worm tongue were over there um trying to you know take over the shire as a last bit of uh um of fight from him uh and uh worm tongue ends up stabbing sauron in the back um after frodo just says hey you know what leave i don't want the karma of killing a a once great wizard on Shire so soil, uh, take your stuff and leave. And Sauron tries to kill Frodo, but he hits Mith Mithril, and uh, Wormtongue stabs Sauron, and and then they're both shot with arrows, mm -hmm. and they die. Uh, and yeah, that, I'd read that somewhere that, that 
there was supposed to be a fight at the Shire, but in uh, and they allude to it in the flashbacks that the Shire goes on fire and there's things that happen, but they never had in the film. And uh, mm-hmm. I wonder if they shot, you know, according to Jackson, there's about five or six more hours of footage that's never even been seen or used, you know. So I wow. wonder if this stuff exists. But the crazy thing about like even this version, Return of the King was in theaters making tons of money when they were still filming added scenes for the DVD release, yeah, which is crazy. I mean, they were all dressed up filming stuff like the, and they added stuff for the battle of Mordor and things like that, that they added in, that they were filming while this movie was in theaters. Yeah. And that's a, that's another thing Christopher Lee didn't like is that he was like, okay, you're not going to be in two towers, but your scene is going to be uh, the beginning of return of the King. And then they cut it out <laughs> because of the runtime. Uh, so, it's like, and they just kind of moved on, wrapped it up. And like you said, there's still more stuff Peter wanted to have in, which made it into the extended version. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that just pissed off Christopher, Christopher Lee even more. Um, obviously a, a big a Tolkien fan is him having even having met Tolkien. So that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this trilogy is, um, just amazing, you know, overall, yeah. uh, 20 years later, I think it's, uh, it's it's something that people are going to watch for many many years. I think Return of the King is a uh, the big spectacle of it all. There's some great. I love where Legolas goes up the giant elephant thing and takes it out. Uh, yes, some great humor still with him and Gimli in this. And by the end of it, they call each other friends despite their differences between elves and dwarves. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of great character moments throughout this trilogy. And I think that's what made Lord of the Rings so important is that Peter Jackson could have easily made these action films, but he makes them also about the characters and the stories and the journey they all go through. He understood the source material. He understood what this meant to legions of fans and people and that you couldn't um, just turn into, because there were studios that tried to make this before and they wanted to turn them into just big action films. And Jackson understood what it meant. And he wasn't, and he understood too. He wasn't going to please everyone. Like you said, he had to change some things from the books um, Ar- Arwen's part is much more smaller in the books from what I understood, even though mm-hmm. they gave her a lot more to do in this. Um, she was a love interest of Aragorn the whole time, but she just didn't have as much in the book. She would not have had as much screen time, but they gave her a lot yeah. more to do. But I think Jackson understood that he had to make changes. He had to make it appeal to a cinematic audience. Cause like Peter, I read someone where like Peter himself said, there's things in the book that are just plain boring. You know, why would I put that in the movie? You know? Yeah. Like all the yeah. songs. Yeah. yeah. It's like reading the book and then, you know, coming up on like this long song, you know, it's just kind of off putting. Uh, but they did turn some of that into, uh, you know, parts in the movie, like when Pippin sings. Pippin's song uh, and Aragorn's yeah. at the end, yeah. And then, uh, you know, another thing, Aragorn, you're talking about changing things up from the book. Book Aragorn was eager to take the throne from, mm-hmm. you know, and he had the reforged sword from the time they left Bree. Um, but changing it to where he was reluctant because, you know, of the curse of Isidor, uh, you know, I think is much more interesting. And it makes him you know accepting and and taking that mantle even more epic uh so i think changing that was was for the better mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree um yeah no um you know in Vigo mortensen you know it still blows my mind that he wasn't the first pick for this and he came in and now he can't imagine anyone else playing him uh you know it's and this trilogy just re-watching it has just been a lot of fun over the last couple of years, you know, um, just such an amazing cast they were able to put together. It's funny because I don't really like Elijah Wood all that much. I, I still don't really like him as Frodo. I think he's an okay actor, 
Yeah. But yet, but yet the film tells such a good story that you're you accept him. Like I, he's probably my weakest link in the. That's terrible to say because he's a main character, but he's probably I just don't like him in the movie. I don't know what it is about. Elijah Wood kind of has a punchable face to me. A punchable you know? face. Yes, and it's just like I don't know. This was one of the things I don't like in the film. He kind of, you know, he he kind of looks like uh like he like he could be related to Toby Maguire. He's got like a Toby Maguire kind of look to him, but like more boyish, like you know, kid faceish. Yeah, he looks too childish. Yeah. Like I don't buy any of these tough. And they they like the fact that he he's able to keep his eyes open for a long time without blinking. Yes, which require a lot of scenes, which is fine. I, I like Sean Austin and Samwise. He's he's good. He's Everyone good. else, all the rest of the casting, I'm I'm fine with. But Elijah Wood has always bothered me. I just want to get out there and say that. And now, if I get some <laughs> hardcore Lord of the Rings fan that tells me that I suck, whatever, you know, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, a a change from the uh, uh, from the book is that you know Gandalf, uh, he was on his way to help Theoden fight the Witch King, Vendor, and uh, he was you know told by Pippin. Um, that he had, you know, that, that, uh, ah, I forget the, the steward's name, but he was going to kill Theramir, Thormir and, uh, and, and burn him alive. And so instead of going to go, you know, help Theoden, um, fight, he went and saved Theramir, uh, and, uh, or Faramir, sorry. And he, uh, he carried that guilt cause he felt like, like Theoden died because of him. Um, and so that's that's one thing in the book that they didn't, you know, put in there that I think probably would have been uh, pretty good, like another another epic thing in there. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was poetic enough that his, you know, his daughter um, fought and killed the uh, the witch king. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, no man. Witch king me. Was, I'm no man. <laughs> witch king was, is absolutely frightening. You know, fucking yeah. broke Gandalf staff. He's got the fucking beast. You yeah. know that he rides on. Dude was a badass. Yeah, yeah and that was that was cool. Um, so this, but this trilogy reeks with coolness. You know, um, even Peter and, Jackson as the guy who gets shot by the warning shot. You know, that was pretty. Oh funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's he, well, he cameos two or three times. I think he cameos in each movie. One, once in each film. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the I know fellowship, he's a, uh, he's a drunk guy in Bree in the Fellowship. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, I don't remember then, his Two Towers cameo. Yeah, I, I know he was one. the pirate in the third one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Our Peter Jackson. Yeah, and this movie, man, of course, won Best Picture, um, lots of awards, and deservingly so. Peter Jackson won Best Director. Over a um, billion dollars worldwide. Yeah, just a remarkable yeah. trilogy. The whole trilogy made its money 10 times over. Um, DVD sales, Blu-ray sales, extended edition sales. And it's crazy to think that there's more footage out there. And Peter Jackson has kind of said that he doubts he'll ever release it, but you know, one day, twenty fifth, fiftieth anniversary. Who knows if it'll ever see the light of day? Yeah, um, that's crazy. Um, and this was a trilogy that I saw every one of them at least twice in theaters. Um, yeah, I know I saw Return of King twice. I saw Fellowship a couple times, and two two times. I even went back to see Fellowship one time when they added the trailer at the end of it for the Two Towers, just mm-hmm. to see more footage. I mean, this was a trilogy that was a quite a pop culture phenomenon and uh, something that. Uh, you know, if, if you've never seen Lord of the Rings and you're a film fan, you're doing yourself a disservice. You got to sit down and watch these movies. Oh, definitely. And, and enjoy them you know, for what they are. And uh, in the Hobbit trilogy, it's okay. It's not, it's no Lord of the Rings. You know, um, I enjoy it. It could have been only two movies, probably. Um, 
but there's some yeah. good stuff in it. Um, you know, and and maybe one day we'll do those on the podcast because there are prequels to these movies. And uh, like I said, they have their moments, but they're not as good as Lord of the Rings. I think the 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 first one might be my favorite. Yeah. Uh, the second one isn't isn't too far from the first, and then the third the the third one I felt like was a little bit of a of a mess. There's too much going on in the third one. I had trouble. I I honestly had trouble. Like, okay, what's going on now in the third one? Yeah, it was, it was a bit troublesome to keep up with what was happening. Yeah, you know, and then, uh, I need to go back and kind of watch the third one again. I'm probably least yeah. familiar with that one. Um, like he said, yeah. three, uh, two films would have been fine. And as Peter Jackson, well, he's only made what one or two movies since these films. He hasn't done a whole lot over the years. I know he did no. King Kong and then he did the lovely bones and, uh, but yeah, he's, you know, but does he ever have to work again? Honestly, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. No, no, he doesn't. He is not just like that guy who sang American pie. You know, that's, that's it. He only had to sing American pie and that's, that's it. it. Made all the money in the world. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Lord of the Rings, I, I think all these are playing. They were on HBO Max for a while. They may still be if you've never seen them. But I mean, I own them all. And most most film fans, I think, probably own this trilogy in their collection. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But uh, The Return of the King. Yes. The one true king. And uh, Or is it King Kong? No. The truth. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's a funny there's a there's a pretty funny king kong joke in good burger too but yeah oh yeah but, yeah i'm gonna have to watch that now but it's silly it's silly fun the kids will laugh and uh you know <laughs> but yeah so lord of the rings man uh, and so that concludes that trilogy and then uh so let's get into next week man as we finish out the year with our final episode of the year and uh, our uh, annual christmas episode uh, and uh we always do a batman movie and we are going to finish out the uh I, th- I believe this is the last live-action Batman movie we have to do. But we've got plenty of animated Batman movies because oh, we yeah. we technically did Batman and Robin on our Patreon. So and uh, we've definitely done Nolan's trilogy and we did the Batman and we did Batman '66. And so we're going to finish it out next week with uh, Joel Schumacher's debut as a director of Batman and talk Batman Forever. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? In an uncertain world, in a chaotic time, justice wears a mask.
Don't work too late. This movie gets a bad rap sometimes. I mean, yeah, it's kind of cheesy and silly, but man, I, I kind of like it for some reason, you know, just because the I like it because it's honestly because it has Robin in it. I think it's kind of cool, you know, we get yeah. live action Robin and Jim Carrey is actually really good as Riddler. Tommy Lee Jones is a bit over the over top. The top, yeah. Um, you know, I keep you know I keep hoping they release the uh, darker Schumacher cut one day. Um, you know, as Kevin Smith and other filmmakers who have seen it are trying to push Warner Brothers to release it. Um, so hopefully one day it'll come out. But next week for our annual Christmas Batman movie, we will talk Batman forever. We will also give you our top five movies of the year and um, talk some other Christmas fun on our final episode of 2023 on next week's show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's going to it's going to be a nice episode. It's going to be really hard narrowing it down to five five movies this year. I feel like I think I we'll think we'll have some honorable mentions, but I think I have yeah. about, I have my top five. I definitely have my five, four and three. I'm struggling with one and two. But I, I yeah. I'm getting there. I so think we'll, we'll it's one of those that we can probably be like, okay, I see why you put it there, but yeah. I have it here. You know, like last year, as much as I did enjoy Top Gun Maverick, I really was not mad that I put the Batman number one. I was fine with that. But this year, I'm yeah. like, this year, I'm not sure. Well, I'll we'll figure it out. But uh, that'll be on next week's episode and uh, the Rubber Radio Podcast.com for all your Rubber Radio needs, all the apps and links for all there for everything to listen to our show. And uh, follow us on our Facebook and, and our Facebook group and join us there. But um, until next time, continue to be safe. And uh, thank you for listening to the show. This has been Mark. This has been Matt. Remember, as always, just go there. Just and go do there it. and do it. <laughs>